so what I just heard was when you were a kid, Tony bought you beers. And is that yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just edited it. <laughs> Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to experience greatness. Welcome. Oh we're official. Yeah. So I, I thought for, I, I thought for sure you were gonna mess this up like you did necklaces. I for sure, well. No, no, no. I know oh. for a fact I'm not messing up because Barry, actually, I hope this part stays on. But oh, he's waiting to enter the chat room right now, so we gotta, uh, we gotta give him a minute. But um, he's uh, he tried to join, he tried to join at like 11 a.m. My no, so that would have been two hours ago, like 10 a.m. my time. And then he sent me a text. He's like, "Hey, bro, are you?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's 3 p.m. Central. Look at your oh, I got backwards. The poor soul." <laughs> The poor soul is still jet lagged from Bogota. He just came back from Bogota. I'm going to text him right now. He just came back from Bogota, Colombia. So, gotcha. um, actually, blow whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's Bogota. That's what yeah. I said. Bogota. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was like, definitely what you said. I was like, you know, Tony. <laughs> what? Bogota. Oh, I should have left it. I should have left it so you got roasted online. <laughs> yeah. No, don't, dude. I do a good job roasting myself and up online. Don't yeah. give me ammunition for others. Way, way to be way to be racially sensitive. I mean, you, you know, I'm, my my family's from South America. And yes, you know, yeah, yeah. All, all eight thousand of your family members apparently, because it keeps growing oh. by the day. No, you like literally because your nationality changes every day. You've got like I don't know if you're from Nicaragua or freaking Bogota. I don't know where you're from. Okay, that was just a berry. So yeah, the poor dude from Bogota. I mean, he was he was there. Can we all admit? And I don't, I hope, uh, can we all admit that Barry at the World Cups produces results? Do we agree with that? Like, have you guys been paying attention? Absolutely. Yeah. Teaching yeah. others how to ride. I love him. I love him as a coach. And yeah. Go ahead, Shane. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it like for, for, no, for a multitude of reasons. This is going to be, I guess, his intro, right? But yeah. But it's, it's like, I feel like I always know what's going on because I can go to his Instagram and then that night or the next night I go to his YouTube and I know what's going on and not the UCI, not, you know, USA cycling, unfortunately, like I know they're, they're spread thin, you know, so, so not trash talking there, but I just feel like he does so much when he's there. And I know, you know, however many miles away I am, I know exactly what's going on. And then we're producing results. So it's no, like, it's awesome. I, he, you know, I, I love his Instagram, right? You, yeah. I, you, you look at it and he's inspired. And then I look at Tony's and Tony's panning for gold at a pumpkin patch, right? You know, so it's, well, you know, you know I, I paid four tickets for that, you know, can of potential gold. And I just want to let you know, this is what I got out of it. Oh, oh, boy. And that only cost me $12. So it's good. Southern California is awesome right now. We are, we are booming, dude. Let me tell you. I can't say that either because that's going to get political, and then I'm going to get back. Hey, you better it. say you'll say that you'll need to, but you'll need that for to buy some more energy and water, <laughs> water, and yeah, whatever else. Yeah, dude, uh, we're going to leave that there. Okay, without further ado, we're going to let this guy in. Um, I don't think he needs an introduction. Do you guys? I mean, he's a YouTube star. I would go. He's really good on I mean, social media. He's a past number one pro in cruiser. He's past number one pro vet he's past 
or he's the current uh, pro of the year. Current points leader for for vet looking to win the title this year. I mean, he's the the godfather of BMX media. I mean, he yeah. was doing it before anyone else. Yeah. I mean, so, so he's a Team America. Chula was one of my favorites growing up. Now he's oh. doing his own thing with his family and back in racing. Like he's That's all around media, bikes, two wheels, anything. I, I think it's amazing. So anyway, let's let him in because or else his ADD is going to go so far off the radar. We won't be able to get him back. Yours is? Oh, well, if you think mine's bad, wait until you get this guy right here. <laughs> let's see. He's connecting to audio. Let's see if let's see what the Wi-Fi is like in Alabama these days. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, <laughs> there he is. What's up, Barry? Oh, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you, bud? Oh my God! Look at—he's got a. It's, you, and, and does everyone notice the flex in the background? The background flex—is that what it's called? Yeah, he just—he had to show it off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually brand new. I just did this about two weeks ago. This is like my—the baby girl's moved into her own big room now, out of the crib room. So I turned turned this into the office, and yeah, everything's kind of slowly getting there the couch didn't meant to be there there's like another row of jerseys and oh, it's gonna be pretty cool a little inspiration room you know i've never actually i've always been wanting to kind of put my trophies just set them to the side and i'll find a place for them one day and hey man if you need if you need that's awesome my, barry I, I look at that i'm i'm inspired and tony i think has a vacuum hanging behind him right <laughs> no 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 that my friend that is a bicycle featured lamp Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but to the point for your inspiration, Barry, if there's anything you need from me to hang on the wall, you let me know. I'll do whatever I can to get it out to you. You know, maybe we'll just, you know, tax write off or something like that. Whatever you need. I'm, I'm here for you though. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Hey, so thanks for doing this. This is officially the pool BMX online podcast, right? And we can tell you more about that later and you'll learn a heck of a lot more here in a, in about a month in Tulsa. But, um, it's where we usually have a couple more people, but they're traveling right now. So we figured yep. that um, the president, Mr. Shane Fernandez, and uh, and you know Wally uh, and myself, we all like are super fans of Barry. So we figured, you know what, yeah. we're gonna take this one because there's no greater three people to kiss your ass more than us three. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. So. Justin, I know you've got uh, I know you have social media questions and everything else for the uh, godfather of all things media. Why don't you uh, start this thing off? Yeah, I mean, Barry, good to see you again. I'll see you like this weekend in Florida. Right, but, a couple of days. Uh, yeah, but I mean, my question is pretty simple. I mean, where did the, the media side of your bicycle riding kind of start? Um, you've been in it for a while now, so. Uh... I would say it's just a progressional thing. You know, I've always, since I was young, I, my two riders I looked up to the most was the wild man, Todd Lyons and Robbie Miranda. Robbie Miranda had a website, you know, and I mean, I think we we're talking every, like everybody's chatting on like AOL instant messenger. Right. So if you wanted to actually see something, it was websites back then. Right. So uh, Robbie was the only one that really had a website. I know DB 44, Derek Fetcher, he started, he got, he got on that too, after he was living with Robbie for a while. And um, yeah, he was just the writer I always inspired to be. And he had this uh, webpage. You could always kind of see, I mean, it was social media 20 years ago. So um, yeah, it started from there. You know, I, I saw that I liked, he, he could just share his story and I've always just loved sharing what I do on, on BMX. You know, I have 
stacks and stacks of cassette tapes from sitting in the, my, my yard growing up just with a camcorder filming stuff I've never even, no one's ever seen outside of uh, myself and my homies, you know, so, which is, which is something I've been working on, trying to figure out how to get all that digitized and then post online for some throwbacks. But um, yeah, it just accumulated, just created over time. Then we had MySpace and then it just, one thing after another, a bigger platform and different ways to share. And um, I just like to share BMX, you know, like I'm such a BMX fan and, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of a fan. Like I like to do it so much. I almost don't even really watch it unless if I sit at the world cup this week, I'm sitting in the bleachers all, all weekend filming for the USA team. But yet, like, I don't really like watching from the sidelines because I like riding so much. I just want to be out there riding, you know? So I like just sharing my side of the story and sharing BMX as a whole. And I think I show, like, I like to show, like, this is how much fun I like doing it. You know, it's not all about racing. And, uh, yeah, that's just, it's super organic. I don't have anything special I do or anything. I just, I just try to keep it real and keep it me and just share, like, my passion. Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I, relate, I relate to you on your social media side, Barry, is it, it's so diverse, right? So, I mean, I, I, obviously BMX, of course, right? It's something we're all connected by. But at the same time, too, you've got the kid. You, you're building furniture. You're, you're working on your, your overlander, right? You're blowing up a beaver dam. <laughs> so those are all things I really relate to. And we'll talk about that more because I got some more questions for you off the topic. But uh, we'll uh, – <laughs> so I, I – I, I, <laughs> Oh my god! I was gonna say Shane's question should be off podcast, but you know yeah, they're probably yeah, gonna yeah. slip in. Actually, let's, let's, talk about zombies. Zombies. Let's, let's talk about guns. Yeah, exactly. Zombie apocalypse. What have you got? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Justin, what were you gonna ask? Yeah, I mean your your social plans or your not so much a plan, but what you share on social. I mean, it's working. You got ninety one point three thousand followers on Instagram alone. Your last uh, post of you backflipping the pro set in Columbia has 65.3 likes there are 3,000 likes dude it's it's insane like first off the video was insane but also just your your social reach is huge so thank you you were talking about another podcast before of like you're you came into the sport and no one really knew who you were like some of these young kids and meanwhile, people my age, people, you know, Tony and Shane's age are like, yeah, that's, that's very freaking noble. So like, oh yeah. That last one where I like recently, my comeback part. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a weird one. Yeah. It was, that, that was definitely something I wasn't expecting, but it's kind of cool. You know, I mean, you know, you guys know the cycle of BMX. I mean, you step away for two or three years, a lot of other kids just quit riding. And then you got the younger kids that come up and they're like, it's always so fresh that, that two, three, four year cycle. And, yeah, I fell right in the middle of it, and I, uh, I realized that really quick. <laughs> I was going to ask that, if you don't mind. I, I, you know, like being – I'm honored to call you a friend, FYI, and that's just not me kissing your ass for the podcast. And I'm going to say that I'm better friends with you than Shane or Justin will ever be, so I'm always going to win that <laughs> one. So um, – but you know, I mean, we go way back. We go way back. That's yeah, for way, sure. way back, way back. I mean, jail back in '91 was amazing. <laughs> um, no, but I remember when you stepped away, and and you know, it was it was kind of I don't want to go into the personal side of it at all, but I remember like you know, in a business standpoint or a, or a sports standpoint, you were kind of like an impasse. You know what I mean? You were like, you know, there's companies that are kind of luring me in this direction, and. I'm doing this and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move back home because that's where I'm happier and all that. What sort of like, was there one defining moment that kind of brought you back to BMX? Like, um, no? yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say, I know you said like the personal side, but it wasn't, 
that actually didn't really have anything to do with it. Um, I was just super kind of burnt out come 2016 Olympic trials. Uh, I went through the 2012 London Olympic run, obviously didn't make it and went through a whole another four year cycle. And I was just super burnt out. I've gotten, I mean, my personality is all over the place, right? Like I always have all these other things I wanted to experience with BMX. And I mean, I was like that my whole life, like dirt jump on a mountain bike. Like I just don't want to be like just this BMX racer. Like I just, I just want to be a bike rider, you know? And uh, yeah, I always had these goals and I started doing mountain bike stuff, like kind of dabbling with the mountain bike stuff more and more I'll have since like 2008, 2009, I'd done like four across stuff here and there, or dual slalom, like one or two events a year. And Crankworks, Crankworks used to be just a one year thing in Whistler, uh, BC. And they started turning that into a series. And I did like 2013, that was my first Crankworks in Whistler. I won pump track, got second in slalom, third in speed and style. I had a really good weekend and I was like, man, I really wanted to do more of this. They started a series and then I was balancing racing elite, trying to go to Olympics, also doing mountain bike stuff. And obviously my focus was all over the place, right? I mean, it's, that's pretty obvious why. I, and if I would have actually had some focus, I'm, I'm sure I would have gone to the Olympics. And, uh, but I wouldn't change any of that. So after 2016, I thought, you know, this is, I was going to, or I was in France two weeks before trials. Cause originally I wasn't even selected to be in trials. It was just a bunch of, politics like right so um so i came back from france hadn't been on a bmx bike got back got in trials and then didn't make got a second behind corbin at trials and i was kind of like i was so at peace with that like that was almost a win for me you know because corbin deserved it go to the olympics more than i did he gave it 100 folks i obviously didn't so me getting second behind corbin was like sick like i proved my spot i, I proved my uh proved my ability and like, let's go ride mountain bikes for a bit. And I didn't really plan to step away from BMX, but uh, it's a part of ways with DK and just, I just needed to step, just needed a break from BMX, I'd say. And I look back now and, and think of it like I wasn't consciously looking at it that way in the moment. I just thought, I'm going to go do this for a little bit. And then bam, three years goes by in the blink of an eye, you know? And I was doing like speed and style stuff and, in mountain biking and my true passion was always going to X games. That was my Olympic goal, you know? And uh, yeah, I kind of started just, it started becoming real. And I think, I think I can do this. So I just put all my eggs in that basket, made it to X games, uh, 2019 uh, with personal life and moving. I didn't really, again, didn't really set myself up for success. Didn't have the best preparation for that. And the plan was to do it all over again in 2020 world shut down and being usa bmx said hey let's keep <laughs> everything else is shut down we'll still keep pushing bmx races so uh yeah when they announced the winner take all championship and i looked at my wife kelsey and i was like i'm so i don't know what we're doing like is x games gonna go again is crankworks gonna get back up well hell usa bmx is racing let's just we had six months till this grands and they just call winner take all so like oh let's just get back on the bike and start training again, see what we can do. I think it was about five months at that time, actually. So you see how fast we can get going in five months again. And here we are second season, two seasons in and having probably got the best deal or not probably got the best deals of my life. I'm just full, full bone BMX racer again, no more distractions like I used to have. And 
I think it shows, you know, uh, it shows that I'm not distracted. And I actually just want to get out there and win, whether it's, whether it's like a bunch of old men, old washed up dudes or not, you know, it's more about just proving myself. Like, let's see what you can actually do. Well, what you said on the podium of, of that grands of COVID year, where it was winner take all, really, I, I really appreciate what you said. I, I, don't remember, I don't even know if you remember what you said, but I do. <laughs> so you, well, we we are when I won pro of the year. When you won, won pro of the year. I that mean, was last year, yeah, post-COVID post year, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember sure. it. Yeah, dude, that was yeah. the same from the heart. So I, like, I remember it really well. Did you cry? Be honest. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, no I'm, I'm emotional dude I'll, I'll get choked up sometimes for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. there, I mean there, there was just I'm sure this year you know depending on how this year ends up it'll be just a lot of personal goals ticked off as long as, as long as this year ends hog plan for the year you know yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing no and going back to you know USA BMX just trucking right through like a damn locomotive you can thank shane as one of those key intricate pieces to doing yeah. that because he's got this uh never say die attitude and if you work for shane you you are the person that aren't allowed to die like i've tried to die three times personally and and justin i think i think you've got me like tripled and he yeah, will I think not Shane's actually tried die. to kill me and he wouldn't let it that's it. That's, it. that's it. That's it. So, no, but I think I think it kind of stands for the for, for the passion behind. I mean, I think there's a lot of people, and, and not to sort of make USA BMX. There's a reason why I'm here, right? So, like, you know, not like I've got all these options or whatever, but I've kind of been around the block a couple times, and and I think people don't see the passion behind USA BMX, and I think maybe now that you've come back a little bit, and I'm not asking for accolades or anything like that. You can just agree or or move off, but. The one thing that I realized was when we put passion before anything else, that to me was like, holy moly. You know, I mean, I was always friends with everyone and I was always, but when people were doing things for free, you know what I mean? And, and you know, Justin off air can tell you about everything that he did and, you know, Shane the same and all that. I mean, people were working for free to ensure that this stuff kept going, yeah. you know, because no one knew, like you said, the world shut down. And I think now coming back, you could probably appreciate a little more maybe having that outlet to fuel your media and getting you some pretty damn amazing sponsors. Yeah, dude, I, I can't agree with you more, man. I mean, BMX is in our blood, right? No, older I get, more I'm, uh, more I'm realizing. I mean, I, I see the cycle and a lot of my generation of guys are getting older and, and leaving the sport and, we're told from such a young age, oh, how long can you do that? You know, I'm constantly asked, how long, how old are how old are you? How long can you do that sport or whatever, you know? And it's just, I mean, it's so in our blood and we all got the like cue. For example, look at all the, all the stories you have and all the experiences you've had with being teammate or team manager of Dave Muir and Ryan Knight with some of the best bike riders in the world. And, uh, dude, we have a degree in, in BMX, you know, why, why would we get, why would some of us, get older and want to step away or find another gig. I mean, you go to school to have a career for the rest of your life. I mean, I hope I'm involved in BMX for the rest of my life, but I feel like I got a pretty damn good master's degree in BMX. So why am I going to, why would I step away and, and uh, put that, put that focus elsewhere when I've put so dedicated so much of my life to it already. And I mean, we're all in the same way that we realize it or not, right. We got, we got, BM, we got degrees in BMX. It's like, Yeah. 
Yeah. So I Barry, with the, with the multi disciplines that you do, um, and I and that that's one of the things I I, I love watching. Um, I've, I've, obviously, I've seen you on the track, right? But then I see in your in your background. A, out of curiosity, do you have a nickname for your compound? Uh, Ninety five acres is what I've been calling okay. it. Yeah. 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 So, um, but you know, so you know, you, you do slope style. You got I see you on a freestyle bike sometimes, dirt jumper. I see Nick Long out there. So, out of curiosity, what what is your if you had to pick one discipline outside of racing? What, what, what's that favorite one? Ooh. You know, it's, uh, I can answer, I can answer that in such a different way than I would have two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I love dirt jumping. I love the freestyle side of, my, of that, but that side of me is just like, just the passion to ride a bike. You know, I'm going to have, I'll probably have just as much enjoyment riding a good BMX track with jumps as I would ride in the trails when I can just go fast, ride big stuff and do tricks. Like that's just, I don't want to single it out to just dirt jumping. That's where you do tricks. I just like to, let's just, what can we do on this bike? How can we push, right, right. how can we push our limits the most, you know? So I think years ago I would have said dirt jumping, but anything is just flowing with just, I just like to go fast and jump big jumps, you know? So yeah. uh, I would have to say, I'd probably have to say more of like, super cross style tracks that I, you can actually do that but kind of what i'm getting to the actual discipline of bmx 100 bmx racing without a doubt yeah. the sport in itself i've experienced the mountain bike world so much i've experienced experienced the freestyle world uh doing the dirt jump contest and i like the world i like the world and the community of bmx racing more than any of those you know i mean i love those they're awesome they're just so much different than the vibe at a BMX dirt jumping event is so much different than a BMX race. The vibe at a mountain bike race is so much different than a BMX race. I'm super family oriented. I grew up really close to my family. So family means a lot to me. My friends mean a lot to me. So I like to have just a big group of just, just a family, you know, whether they're blood or not. And I feel that at BMX, I don't feel that at, uh, in the mountain bike world. And granted, maybe it is like that. Maybe since I wasn't the kid that grew up in the mountain bike world or dirt jumping and, Maybe I just didn't see it, and that's just what I have in BMX. But after doing all that and checking those boxes and having those experiences, that's a, that's a huge part of being back in BMX because, like, I mean, my wife had no idea. had never been to a BMX race when I took her to 2020 Grands, and she we met, and she went through some mountain bike stuff, freestyle stuff. So BMX <laughs> was, like, like, the last one she learned about. And she just fell in love. Dude, she watches more racing than I did. Like, you watch it's, it's, hard, it's, it's hard. It's hard to explain. And you're exactly right. It's yeah. extremely hard to explain. No, you're, you're yeah. exactly right. I understand yeah. it now that I'm, I've gotten older and I did step away for a bit. I understand. I look at BMX in such a different light than I used to years ago. It's just a full-time head down. I guess I can't say full-time, but head down double A, just, just trying to race. You know, now that I look at it in just such a different light. I look at it for the kids and how can I, like my social platforms, I just want to share my stuff, whether I even, whether I know what I'm talking about half the time or not. And I'm just, this is how I learned this. Like, yeah. and I got here and how can I share it? And just, you know, so right. I just, I just couldn't do that in the other worlds. And now mm -hmm. it's, I mean, everything is, everything happens for a reason, man. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for every, every decision that I've made over the last few 10 years <laughs> to get here. I will say our our series is is special. I mean, you talked about the the 
family aspect of the BMX racing world in the U.S. Um, it was funny. I think it was Laura Smolders came over for her first um, U.S. race. And she's like, dude, there's people barbecuing in the parking lot. There's like families just hanging out in the pits. Like this would never happen on the international scene. Like I go to a, a World Cup or a local track in um, in the Netherlands, like it's super official, super like there's just no fun in it. Like that atmosphere isn't there. Um, and now that you're seeing it from a coaching standpoint um, with USA Cycling, like how's that been going there as a spectator and as a coach when you come back here and you're going to races as a racer? Like what's that dynamic um, for you? Uh, it is very different. Being BMX Supercross is so much, our World Cups are so much different from my time and which ended 2016. It changed so quick. Um, Colombia, it, it's South America, right? So it, the fans are insane. And I, I felt just as loved by the fans in Colombia as I do at a BMX race, which was super cool. You know, the, the fans down there are super, so passionate about it. So it felt very, it felt very similar, but with that being said, Poppendall was very different. Like I was, I felt like I'm just out there doing my thing. Obviously I knew people, I was catching up with people, but it was a different vibe. Poppendall had, or Columbia had a very good fan base. The kids going crazy. Kids want to meet all the racers and it was sick. We were having to find like secret ways to get out of the track and stuff, oh, cool. <laughs> which was, which is cool. You know, it would be, it'd be tiring all the time, you know, but it, for, for occasional race it, it was pretty cool to experience and the riders who just like oh just get frustrated about it i'm like dude these kids don't get to see you ever you know just take the time like that's why i take the time that i do because i was that kid that got ignored by pros you know i'm like i remember being those kids and uh so yeah but back to your original question um world cups are very cool to sit from the sidelines now because watch being there at a world cup without the stress of having to perform or having to get points or not even that you have to it's just we just those stresses we create in our own head that uh instead of just going out there and riding we have to get these points we have to do this well really we just have to get through motos first right we then we got to get through a quarter and not having those stresses and sitting back and being a fan was pretty awesome i really enjoy that a couple of the riders that i've been chatting that i talked to with it's uh I connect with them really well, mainly the girls, the younger girls are, uh, they just listen. They really appreciate hearing, uh, just any kind of input to things. Uh, the older guys, like the elites, obviously they've already kind of, uh, plant, planted their feet in the ground, right? They don't, they're, they're setting their ways, which is completely understandable. So I really like it from that side. It's like my YouTube stuff. I really want to, I, I do these videos to maybe somebody can take something out of it. So if I can be there and just just share how my thoughts were before I went up the hill, the Supercross Hill, or thinking about these Olympic points, all these little stresses that we stress ourselves out about so much that I'm seeing in these other kids do it. I'm being able to tell them stuff that I wish I was told is super rewarding, you know, and I mean, whether it's really clicking in their head or not, but when you do see something actually kind of play out, it's it's a super rewarding feeling and so, yeah, I guess I get just as much excitement doing that. I, I have no desire to race Supercross anymore. You know, I know we have the vet pro, vet, put the vet pros on the hill, you know, but so much of that is about so much of those guys, the other older dudes that never got to experience it. Let's race that. And I'm like, well, 
if you guys want to push it, I'll happily help you push it so you can experience that this one time, you know. But me personally, I don't even like Supercross Hill. So not racing it and just racing small hill now is is right up my alley. I'm I'm BMX is <laughs> is awesome right now and sitting on the sidelines of a supercross race is even better, especially all the crashes that I saw last weekend. I was like, Yep, that's why I don't want to be out there anymore. <laughs> So, so Barry, when, when you get to when you get to be my age, um, you, I, I listen to certain things, so it, it's it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm watching and I'm I'm listening to you, and it it's something that's very clear to me. So, from you're you're transitioning from elite racer, your dad, um, and and now you're a leader in, in BMX, right? So, uh, I, I like to ask leaders, especially young leaders, this question. So in the, in, in, as you're mentoring up and coming riders that uh, what's, I, what, what's the one thing that keeps you up at night um, that you wish you could tell the young riders, the top thing that keeps you up at night? Because every leader has it. You know, I don't think I've reached that stage yet. I don't, and it could be insecurities of myself because I get a lot of people wanting me to coach them, you know, like, can you coach my kid or help? And I don't feel, I don't feel like I have the knowledge yet to to teach as a coach, you know, laying out a structure. I don't feel like I have, I don't have the confidence yet to give someone that and me trust what I'm saying. Yep. So I think I'm still learning a lot about myself right now just to, because I don't really have this one thing because more I, I learned so much every time I talk to kids about what are my kinetic kids just the other writers about as I'm as I'm just sharing my thoughts and half the time they're just rolling off my tongue that I'm just being able to vent to someone and like they're have I've, I know this feeling that they're having I just want to talk them through it or help them and as I do that I learn right so I don't have I mean yeah, I mean, no, I, that's, it's, yeah, I don't really have anything yet. I, I sleep pretty good at night. I don't, nothing really stays in my mind, you know. And, no, and that's, um, yeah. And two, you know, everybody has their own coach. And I'm here, I'm at those races, assistant coaching under Jamie and or, or whatever you want to label it as. But everybody has their own coach. So I, I'm really careful about how I step on toes and don't want to, like, just, I don't want to say something that contradicts against another coach or vice versa. So, yeah, I, yeah. To answer your question, I don't think I've reached that stage yet to actually know because I feel like I'm in such a limbo. Like I'm still a writer, and there's nothing wrong with the coach label, but I like to say I'm just a writer for the writers because I don't feel like I'm in that coach role yet. You know, I'm still I'm still selfish. I'm I still have my own personal goals that I want to do, but I want to help every second that I can. And uh, so yeah, that's probably why I sleep fine at night because I don't I don't have really. <laughs> responsibility on me yet when it comes to other riders no i, I, uh, I to- totally yeah. understand that. you totally know what i would say the most is i try to just tell people just to go out there and just just be them you know like uh joey uh leto was one this weekend he was he was pretty nervous hopefully he doesn't feel like i'm calling him out right now but it's his first world cup you know that's a that's a super nerve-wracking uh place to be and all those young kids have something to prove you know at least they think they have something to prove and they really don't you gotta you gotta get out there and just ride and just start somewhere you i mean right like to start any project you just have to start and you can't expect 
the you can't go out there and expect to win a World Cup when you don't do it. It's not there's nothing there's no other races races like a World Cup other than a World Cup. You can race all the USA BMX Supercross races in the world. It's not a World Cup, you know. So I got I just like to remind people remind the riders just go out there and just be you, just ride like you, enjoy the just enjoy it. Go out there and have fun, you know and and those are little things like I do. I've already had myself stressing out about this year early on. And I had to go out there with Justin and like, dude, let's just shoot some photos. Half the time you see me out there shooting with Justin, I find him and me going out there and doing tabletops and throwing style. And it's not just so the fans are stoked. It's, it's me just switching my brain off from racing and I'm just having fun. Just that's how Barry likes to ride. So I see, I see Justin with the camera. I'm like, sweet, sweet. I have a moment to switch my brain off and just go ride like me. You know, and that's when I ride my best. So I just try to, that is, that's one thing I'd probably say, I say the most to people. Yep. So we get it. That's, that's super intriguing. When I shut my brain off working, I usually get yelled at by it. Just <laughs> FYI. And, and it's a, again, one of those things where you work. So 90% training. of the time. <laughs> <laughs> getting better. I'm getting better. It's 80, it's 87 now. It's 87. It's 80. You know, it, you know, but on a serious note, it's, it's, it is, it's so interesting to hear what Barry just said. So like my kid is 15, who knows Barry and, you know, and brags about that and stuff like that. But, you know, did you see Barry? Did you see Barry and uh, Barry uploaded? Da, 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 da. So when he said he's not a leader and all that, I understand the whole sleeping at night thing, but I find it sort of amusing because it's, it's, to me, and I think a lot of other people out there, the 68,000 whatever people that Justin just said, um, you you know, I think you are a leader. Whether you acknowledge it or not, hey, man, that's on you. That's whatever. But you do have eyes on you, and you are certainly incredibly impressionable to, to people out there. So not to put pressure on you, but, you know, either by default or, or, or you're being very kind to yourself, you, you, I think you are in that leadership role, which is why probably Shane – ask that question you know would you guys yeah. agree yeah he, he, yeah but yeah you have a, a very good trait of humility Mary. so that that's good that's good but I, I, I know people are watching you know i know there's a lot of eyes on me but it that part then it's not a pressure to i i hope i want to be a leader you know i've always had that that leadership personality but not in a way where like how do i word it it's like I'm just another rider like anyone else, you know, like I, w I was that 12 year old kid. I just, this is where I got, dude, you could be here too. Like just maybe just do what I'm doing. Maybe there's only going to be one champion or three gold medals, but we all, we all want this, but I just like, well, I made a living out of doing it this way. You know, like I want to be, I am very competitive and I do want to be, if, if I know I'm not going to be the number one pro, well, well, I want to be the, I want to be the number one guy that everybody looked and inspires to be, you know, and not like a cocky way, but I, I do want to have, I do want to be kind of the leader of the pack, but I'm just the same as everybody else. It's just, let me help you get to where I've gotten, you know, so I don't separate myself from them, but I do, I do recognize and do know those eyes are on me. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very conscious of things I say and things I post because of that, but and well, and because of that, I, I wanted, well, how can we inspire more? How can we get kids stoked even more? How can I, how can I share the type of rider I am? That backflip this week, and I was just, I saw that jump about, I want to flip that, I want to flip that jump this week, you know, in Columbia. And uh, there's only so many riders like me left, you know, 
So I do. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be that Robbie Miranda that I looked up to. Like I, all I wanted to do is be like him, you know, like, dude, he's out there. He's doing three sixties in practice. Like never cared that he didn't really win any double a races. He won the big supercross downhill stuff, but it was never really about winning. It's just like, I just want to, I just want to make it look good and get people stoked on doing that. Like I want to do that, you know? And yeah. About passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the passion for it. And uh, the leadership is cool. And, and I do, I do recognize it, but I just want, I still want, I don't want anyone to think I'm above them for it. I just want you, I just want to come on, come on, let's do this. It's rad. It's fun. Just follow along and let's do all, do all this together. You know? I hope one day there's like two dudes, there's somebody else doing a backflip next to me at a world cup. You know, it's like, who's going to be the next one that steps up and let's do it together. Shane's actually training right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, facility. So we're, don't worry about it. That that place will be, yeah. That spot will be filled soon. Hey, so, Hey, so Barry on your 95 acres, right? So when, you know, I grew up in LA, moved to Tulsa. I bought an acreage, had a motocross track, right. Had all my friends from Havasu in LA. They'd come out once a year and just wreck my place. Right. So I woke up one morning and I think my favorite story was waking up and they threw all my furniture in the swimming pool, right? So, you know, yeah, you know, that crusty demons of dirt type. Yeah. yeah. So, so like with your acreage, it's your compound before you had the baby, right? So what, what is like, what, what's the worst thing your friends did at your house? Cause I know there's some stories, right? Uh, well, actually I moved here. I mean, we had a baby a year after I left California to come here. So I haven't had anything too crazy besides way too many broken bones. Yeah. yeah. So that I had to like kind of bring it back a little bit, but right. dude, I've only been here for like three years now. So I don't have anything really that crazy. It's been such just a, a process of building it to what I want it. You know, it's, it's just a little old ass farmhouse on 14 acres with a shop. And I've, I wanted the shop and I wanted the land and the house being livable was like, sweet. I always, I always wanted a fixer upper. Yeah. Now that I'm in it, I really regret it. Cause I'm like, man, <laughs> this is a much bigger job than I, I expected, but we're getting there. And maintaining uh, those ramps and stuff too. I, you know, cause I, I remember I built some ramps. I, I chainsawed the logs and then, you know, you get a rainstorm, they settle and you're like, dang it. And you go out there. <laughs> it, it's awesome. It's awesome, but it's work, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the wood, me having wood ramps is that's why I'm a one man show out here. You know, all my friends have full time jobs. And I've grown up like that too. Like, I grew up an hour from everyone that rode as a kid. And I would come home from school, work on the jumps just to have a session with everybody. I'm, I'm so far away from no dig, no ride mm-hmm. mentality. Cause I grew up just want, just being grateful just to have people come ride with me. So I'm just, I'm gonna work on them all week. And on the weekends, you guys just come and enjoy. No one has to pick up a shovel. Let's just let's just ride and have fun. I still do that now. You know, I have people offer help, but it's like, well, when I'm willing to work on the yard, you're at work. You know, so I'm just gonna do my. I appreciate you offering, but I'm just gonna do my thing. When I have a session, you'll be you'll be in the group text, you know, and, and just roll over. But yeah, that's why I have wooden ramps. That's one less thing to work on, you know, and yeah. all my landings are covered and just. Oh, man, yeah, the, the work is. I'm in the process of building a BMX track right now, and well, I'm go- I'm going to pay for Tony to come out there and hit some of those ramps. You just got to film it. All right, we'll make sure Tony does a backflip before you then, if he comes first. <laughs> he, he's got, he's got, he's got a, a feature on pole real quick. Like, I'll 
we'll make it a production if we need yeah, to. Yeah, you got to come too. We'll do it. No, that's, that's just just hire the the ambulance. That's all I ask. And make hey, sure Justin, I, I think I think we just came up with a new idea where like every quarter we go do a site visit to somebody's house and just get our ass kicked. Ma- yeah, imagine that a site visit, or as as Shane yeah. calls them, a retreat. Retreats. Yeah, a company, a corporate retreat. I like it. All tax yeah. deductible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you some stories about the corporate retreats, Barry. Yeah, but they're but they're all off, but they're all off air. Hey, so what so the whole idea of this sort of thing, Barry, is is we try and keep it short and sweet because we know how these things can drag on and and whatever. So we're about a minute away from being 30 minutes into this thing. Um we generally try and wrap it up with some sort of questions and and things like that. Do uh, you know? First off, is there anything that you want to ask us or anything, or are we allowed to keep? Uh, are we allowed to keep going? No, go for it, man. You got. You guys are. I, mean, I feel like I don't need to ask you anything. <laughs> I know. I know a lot about you. That's that's, but, uh, that's bad. Adjust, yeah, there's, there's, there's the question. There's the question, Barry. What's your favorite Tony D story? Oh <laughs> yes, please tell. Wait, wait a second. Oh, I don't think my oh. favorite any stories I can tell. <laughs> I I I I have one, and it's PG. It's PG. No, I want to hear Barry's story. <laughs> oh. No, <laughs> my my stories of Tony though are more of learning about Tony. Tony and I actually haven't. When Tony and I met, he was a team manager of Haro, and I was just like the redheaded stepchild of of Kalen, and no, probably just Kalen, and. uh <laughs> Yeah, so I, and I was like coming up through the ranks. I was, yeah, I was just kind of a young kid, just moved to California. I was very probably quiet and just trying to feel every sitting on the sitting behind everyone, feeling everybody out. So my stories of Tony are pretty much the stuff he shared with me from him and I sitting down having a beer somewhere and just and just kind of hanging out like this. And yeah, I don't think Tony and I ever had any like real good like going out and having big nights it's more about him sharing his good times so, so what i just heard was when you were a kid tony bought you beers and is that yeah yeah he just <laughs> edited <laughs> well i moved to california at 22 and it was around oh, that okay. yeah, so. uh, uh, hey, now he, the story changes okay All yeah right. exactly you know it's, it's funny uh kaylin kaylin when i was working at haro kaylin brought in barry and i knew who barry nobles was so if you put him in a helmet with his claiborne gear I, I, oh, that's Barry, he, you know, whatever. But outside of it, I had no idea what he was. And so he had these half-assed tattoos on his arm that were barely <laughs> done. And he had this goofy spiked up hair. And I think he had plucked eyebrows. I'm not sure. I, th- I think he did that too. And he looked like, I still keep, I keep everything manicured. Yeah. So he looked like, like some 41 or some horrible, you know, punk boy band, you know, and, but his tattoos were, it, they, they were just there but they weren't like cool yet, but they were halfway cool. So I remember I walked out, I, you know, away from my desk and I was walking by and they were in a, in a different office in the product manager side. And Kaylin came out to ask me something or whatever. I went, who's the criminal? Cause he looked like a crim. And I meant, who's he the was crim? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mind you, we're talking about Kaylin here and, you know, and, uh, and he spit out whatever he was drinking. He goes, that's very noble. So I went, Oh shoot. Like, dang sorry dude that then suddenly i went over and kissed his ass and shook his hand or whatever like that but from a distance he was winning double a races at this time everything like you were the guy and he's like nah i have no clue who that is (laughs) i felt i felt horrible but you know i thought i you know i 
whatever. And he's nice enough to let me borrow his Harley a couple times and things like oh, that, yeah, guys. So right. yeah, he's yeah. a he's a he's a gentleman. You know, you know what, Barry, you know what, Barry? We were we were at Woodward E Woodward West, and 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 Robin Morales had some stylish comments about Tony and stories he was telling me about the way Tony used to dress. So don't don't feel bad. Yeah, it's our era, right? I would have loved to be on one of those punk bands back then. He's making fun of. But I look back at the 20, 20, 21, 22-year-olds now, I'm like, what in the world, man? It's crazy. I'm learning. I'm just getting I'm getting into my old stages, like looking down at other kids, like and you're happy to be where you're at now, aren't you? Like aren't you happy to be where you're at now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't leave our generations, do we? No, no, I'm happy. I'm happy with mine. They're old and gray, but I'm happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shane, do you have anything else? Because I want to ask them one final question unless you want to go. Hit them with your hit them with your question. All right. So I heard this one time and and I I've asked a lot of my close friends this, and it they sometimes they stumble on it, sometimes they don't. Um, and I thought, what a great way to sort of understand who the real person is. But my question to you is, what makes you feel appreciated? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and dude, it, it goes from anything. Like I've heard. My, you know, just communication. Really? Yeah, just communication. Uh, I had a good chat with Colby Young from ODI yesterday. And uh, him and... I mean, you're one too, you know, it's like just someone I can just chat with and vent to. And, you know, sometimes you can't vent something because it might sound like it's coming from ego or cockiness, but some things like mainly when I, when I think of appreciation, I think of like sponsorships, you know, because at the end of the day, like our jobs sell bikes, whether we're winning or not, we got to, we got to sell bikes. And I just want to make sure I'm doing my job good. And I've not half the time I'm putting too much on my plate, and, but I just, I want to over deliver no matter what it is. I want to over deliver. And uh, so when I hear about, when I hear appreciation, that, that was my first thought was who I, who I want appreciation from the most. And it's, and it's my closer circle. It's just, yeah. It's like whether my wife or my sponsors, and long as long as I know I'm doing my job right, you know? And uh, yeah. So I mean, some people are hard, you know, that, yeah, some, some brands are kind of hard to, hard to work with that that don't have good communication but when you do it's like i mean i've gotten two of my deals i've signed my 20th contract with uh maxis and fly this year and oh, it's wow. all all come just i've grown uh, have good relationships with uh i mean i think i've been odi for a little over 15 years and um yeah communication you know that's when i just feel i just feel like i know i'm doing my job good you know and yeah that's it that was it yeah Shane? I very appreciate you, man. Um, again, thanks for being a great ambassador. Uh, appreciate your answers. Uh, and again, you, um, I, think, I think you inspire a lot of different types of riders, which I appreciate. I, obviously, a force in BMX racing, but uh, I, I also promise you, you've got a lot of other eyes that are, that are watching too. And, and you're oh, inspiring. So, yeah, Thank I appreciate you. you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. Thank, thanks, dude. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. This was fun. I'm looking forward to seeing more of these. All right. Yep, see you, bud. Peace. Thanks, guys. Peace. Bye.